All right, Don, I'm ready. You want me to take the opening, huh? Buck Benny speaking. Boy, that uh, season opener from last week of the 1947-1948 season was just phenomenal. Um, it surprised me. I was like, I don't think I've ever heard this bit before. Uh, it just, uh, in case you haven't heard it, listen to last Tuesday's episode. Fantastic. And uh, I don't want to give too much away, but basically um, it just surprising word the way that Jack came in and then he has a second sort of entrance and then uh, he and Rochester trying to do a French accent was just wonderful wonderful episode so uh, I enjoyed that from beginning to end and had a lot of good laughs with that episode so as I said at the beginning of that this is the golden era of Jack Benny this is when the writing was just at its very top notch. This was as slick and produced and well done as the show ever got. And um, and I think you're really going to enjoy this season. So without further ado, here is the second episode of the 1947-1948 season of the Jack Benny Show. And if it's half as good as the last episode, it's going to be a fantastic ride. So we'll see you next time. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. When you buy, keep your eye on the red bullseye. Keep your eye on the red bullseye. When you buy, keep your eye on Lucky Strike. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Lucky Strike presents The Man Who Knows, Mr. William Curran of Durham, North Carolina. Here's what this top-flight tobacco auctioneer said recently. At more than a thousand auctions, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine tobacco that's sweet and mild, just chock full of smoke and enjoyment. Year after year, experts like Mr. Curran, the impartial authorities of tobacco quality, can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. So, when you buy, keep your eye on the red bullseye. Keep your eye on the red bullseye. When you buy, keep your eye on Lucky Strike. And remember, L-S-M-F-T, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. The Lucky Strike Program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's go out to Jack Benny's home in Beverly Hills, where, as you know, he lives alone with his butler, Rochester. It's 9.30 in the morning, and as usual, one is in bed while the other is in the kitchen preparing the breakfast. Now, let's see. Where are the eggs? <laughs> so 
hard to find anything in this refrigerator. Maybe I ought to trade it in. I hear the newer models have a light in them. <laughs> oh, oh, here's an egg on the bottom shelf. Potatoes are cheaper, tomatoes are cheaper. Now's the time to... That song doesn't fit now. <laughs> Gee, I'm hungry. I think I'll scramble my egg. Let's see, how do you scramble? Oh, yes, first I'll break it into this bowl. Hmm. Gosh, I'm weak in the morning. <laughs> Maybe I better have my orange juice first. Yeah, I'll make some. Yeah, that orange juice looks good. Now to get the seeds out. One, two. Oh, there's another seed. Three. Well, they're planted. Potatoes are higher, tomatoes are higher. Now's the time to sell your car. Now to have my orange. That's funny, the glass is empty. Somebody drank my orange juice. There's nobody in the house but Rochester. That's it. Rochester. Wait a light. Rochester, Rochester, did you drink my orange juice? <laughs> Rochester, you're not fooling me. Get up. Bloop bleep. <laughs> Rochester. I know I'm cute, honey, but control yourself. <laughs> Maybe he is asleep. I'll tickle him and wake him up. Rochester. Oh, it's you, boss. What a disappointment. <laughs> Never mind that. You sneak downstairs, drink my orange juice, and get back in bed. Orange juice? I was sound asleep. Sound asleep? Then how come you woke up so fast when I tickled you? You were using the hand you had in the icebox. <laughs> now, Rochester, I made a glass of orange juice, stepped out in the backyard for a minute, and when I came back, the orange juice was gone. Maybe the mice drank it. Mice don't drink orange juice. In California? <laughs> All right, we'll talk about it later. Now, get up out of that bed. I want you to drive me down to the doctor's office. I've got to go for a physical. What's the matter, boss? You feel bad? No, no, it's just that my sponsor is taking out an insurance policy on me, and I have to be examined. How much is the policy for? A million dollars. But if I'm killed accidentally... 
The sponsor collects two million dollars. Two million? Yes. Boss, you better keep your... You better hope that guy keeps his eye on the red bullseye. <laughs> well, that joke was loused up. If I <laughs> Oh, you mean the commercial? Well, I'm not worried about that. You know, they shoot that gun in another studio way over on Sunset and Highland. I don't even pass there on my way home. I know, but for two million dollars, they can make a bullet that waits for you at Pico and Sepulveda. <laughs> what are you talking about? My sponsor's just trying to protect his investment, that's all. Now hurry downstairs. Imagine him denying that he drank that orange juice. Got a good notion to make him stay in bed all day. No, he'd like that. Hmm. No seeds in this one. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, Jack. Jack, are you up yet? Huh? Oh, hello, Mary. Come on in. I'm in the kitchen. What are you doing here so early? Early? I was here ten minutes ago. I came into the house, walked into the kitchen, nobody was there, so I drank a glass of orange juice and left. <laughs> Mary, you... you drank my... All right, here's a dime. <laughs> okay, smarty, I bet you'd be surprised if I took it. I wouldn't be surprised if you sued me. <laughs> I don't want the dime. Anyway, Mary, I've made a terrible mistake. I accused Rochester of drinking my orange juice. Well, that's you, Jack. Always jumping at conclusions. I do not. What about that morning you got out of bed and accused Rochester of taking your new suit? Well... Then you took off your nightgown and there it was. <laughs> that wasn't my fault. When I come home tired, he's supposed to undress me. Well, anyway, I drank your orange juice and you ought to apologize to Rochester. Oh, Mary, I don't have to apologize. I mean, he knows I'm sorry. He does not, and you've got to tell him. Oh, Mary, I can't. You can, too. Now, be a man. Oh, hello, Miss Livingston. Oh, hello, Rochester. Uh, Mr. Benny has something to say to you. Oh. Jack, go ahead. Well. Jack. Oh, all right. Rochester. Turn around and face him. <laughs> oh. Go on. Well. Rochester. Yes, boss? I'm sorry I said you drank my orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, come back here! I will not! Oh, what a baby. Well, I better get the car out. I gotta take Mr. Benny to the doctor. The doctor? What for? The sponsor took out an insurance policy on Mr. Benny and he has to be examined. Oh, you think he'll pass it, Rochester? Pass it? Oh, sure, Miss Livingston. Haven't you seen his muscles? Yeah, they were hanging on the line when I came in. <laughs> Rochester. Oh, you're back. Yes. Now, Rochester, get the car now. We'll go. Now, Mary, I've got to hurry away, so you try and... Oh, darn it. There's the phone. Just when I'm ready to leave. Hello? Hello, Jack. Guess who this is? Huh? Who is this? I'm in a hurry. Well, I'll give you a hint. Roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet, and I'm lumpy, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake, Don, I have to rush away. What did you call me for? Well, Jack, I've got the quartet here. We got a wonderful idea for a commercial. 
But, Don, I don't want to hear it over the phone. You can wait till rehearsal. Anyway, I don't like the songs that the sportsmen pick. Why don't they pick some things classy once in a while? Well, we've got one now, Jack. It's Listen to the Mockingbird. Oh. Oh, you mean the one that goes, Listen to the Mockingbird. Listen to the Mockingbird. Yes, yes, that's the one. Oh, oh, well, that's swell. Let me hear it. Are the boys close to the phone? <laughs> good, good. Take it, boys. Listen to the man who knows, listen to the man who knows, he is saying lucky strikes the smoke for me. Very good. Listen Very to the good. man who knows, listen to the man who knows, like a bird he's singing LSMFT. Like a bird. They're so round and so firm and so fully, so fully, fully, so fully, fully. Fully what? They're so round and so firm and so fully. Fully what? They're so fully, 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 fully what? start out so nice and then go crazy. I mean, we can't use that commercial. It's too noisy. Where'd they get that gun? They found it on a bench at Pico and Sepulveda. <laughs> no. What's that, Jack? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I'll see you at rehearsal. Hmm. I thought Rochester was only guessing. Well, I'm going to have my orange juice and then go. Rochester, did you get the car started okay? Boss, when I know you're going out the next morning, I let it run all night. <laughs> oh. Jack, letting your car run all night, doesn't that burn up an awful lot of charcoal? <laughs> Not much. Well, come on, Rochester, let's go. Well, look who's here. Hello, everybody. I came in through the kitchen. Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Benny, and thanks for the orange juice. <laughs> Oh, for heaven's sake, now I'll have to squeeze another one. And only last week, the president asked us to conserve food. I know it's a problem, but everybody should do it. My mother conserves food every night. Well, well, she deserves a lot of credit. How does she do it? When it's time for dinner, she locks me in a closet. <laughs> Dennis. But I got even with her. I ate the doorknob. <laughs> what? Now every little thing turns my stomach. <laughs> Look, I haven't had my breakfast yet. What brings you over here, anyway? Well, I have an arrangement for a cute little song which I just recorded for RCA Victor, and I wanted you to hear it. I know, but do I have to hear it now, so early? Oh, this isn't early, Mr. Benny. I get up every morning at 7, go out to Griffith Park, set up my easel, and do landscapes. What? <laughs> Dennis, I didn't know you do landscapes. Yeah, but I guess I'm not very good because people pass by, look at the canvas, shrug their shoulders, and walk away. 
Well, don't let that bother you. I can't understand it. I use the most expensive brushes. Well, what kind of paint do you use? Oh, paint! <laughs> Here, kid, have a doorknob. Not on the head, Mary. Look, Dennis, you sing your song for Mary, and she'll tell me how it is. I gotta rush away to the doctor's. I don't blame you. You look awful. <laughs> what? Sing, Dennis. You said it. I'll see you kids later. Goodbye. Sweet Swedish Miss Hilda Swanson He wooed her, he pursued her All Wisconsin, her Johnson Sing Swanson this song Oh Hilda, oh Hilda, I van tink your grand Will you, oh will you, let me hold your hand If I should ask you, do you love me too? See, you sure, you betcha, a van tink a do Oh I do, yes I do By golly, by yiminy, I do if I should ask you, do you love me too? Say, yeah, sure, you betcha, I van tank I do. But here we are, ladies and gentlemen, we have here some of the great, the sweetest music. This hair tired of its fun, sentiment of thought, the yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, Hilda, oh, Hilda, let this Swedish boy thrill you until you are yumping with joy. There at the preachers when he says, will you? See, ya sure, you betcha, I van tank a do. Oh, I do. Yes, I do. By golly, by yiminy, I do. There at the preachers when he says, will you? See, ya sure, you betcha, a van tank a do. See, ya sure, you betcha, I van tank a do. A sure do love you too, too. A do you too, you. <laughs> Rochester, we're awfully late. Can't you go a little faster? Okay. You know, right after I take my physical, we'll go down to... Rochester! Rochester, they got me! They got me! Get back in the seat, boss! That was only a tire! Oh. Yeah, I should have known we're only at Pico and Robertson. <laughs> Rochester, you change the tire, and I'll walk to the doctor's office from here. Let me see, his office should be around here. Oh, there it is, Doctors Fenchel and Gordon. <clears throat> yes, sir? Oh, I'm Mr. Benny, nurse. I have an appointment for a physical examination. Oh, yes. Yes, I'll have to fill out this form. Your full name, please. Jack Benny. Your birthplace? Waukee in Illinois. Your age? 38. <laughs> Your height? 5 foot 10. Your weight? 157. Your age? 38. <laughs> Your home address? Uh, 700 North Rexford. Your business address? Uh, 360 North Camden Drive. Your age? 38. <laughs> Color of your eyes? 
a robin egg blue. Well, Mr. Betty, if you'll just sit over there and wait, the doctors will see you in a minute. Thank you. Potatoes are cheaper. Gee, that nurse is an attractive girl. I wonder if she'd go out with me if I asked her for a date. I wonder how she'd look without those white stockings. I wonder how she'd look without that uniform. I wonder how she'd look in a bathing suit. I wonder how she... Oh, I'm being silly. Anyway, I don't think that she'd go out. So long, doctor. Thanks a lot. Phil! Oh, hiya, Jackson. Phil, what are you doing here? Well, Jackson, I didn't want to worry anybody, but I've been having terrific headaches. You have? Yeah, so I came up here to find out what was wrong, and the doctors took some x-rays of my head. Here, you want to see one of them? No, x-rays are all the same, just bones, you know. Hey, here. Now, here, take a look at mine. Well, what do you know? That's the first skull I ever saw with curly hair. (laughs) Phil, how did this happen? X-rays never show hair. I had it retouched. (laughs) Oh. Say, what's this writing down on the corner of the X-ray? The name of the doctor? No, no, it says, To Alice with Love. I'm giving it to her for her birthday. (laughs) Phil, why in the world would you give Alice an X-ray for a present? Why not? She's got everything else. Oh, well, that's logical, yeah. (laughs) Tell me, Phil, uh, what do the doctors do about your headache? Plenty. Them doctors are plenty smart, Jackson. First, they gave me a complete physical. Then they gave me all the allergy tests. And then they checked my reflexes. And then they psychoanalyzed me. And they find out why you have headaches? Yeah, my band plays too loud. (laughs) No, they have the audacity... The audacity to tell you that? Yes, the audacity? And in, <laughs> and in Latin, too. <laughs> Say, Jackson, what are you doing here? Oh, it's nothing. I just came for an insurance examination. Why don't you wait for me, Phil? It won't take long. Oh, I can't. I'm meeting Alice downtown. We're going to a movie. Oh, what picture are you going to see? Mother was tight. <laughs> That's Mother wore tight. That ain't bad either, Dad. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> So long, Phil. Mr. Benny, the doctor's waiting for you. Good, good. I'll go right in. Oh, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, Jack Benny. Oh, yes. I've been expecting you. Hello, Pierce Brothers Mortuary. (laughs) What? Don't get excited. I'm having lunch with Ralph Pierce. Oh. We're quite friendly. I throw him a lot of business. (laughs) Oh, I see. Uh, Hello, Ralph. 1.30 at the Brown Derby. Five. Goodbye, Ralph. And now, Mr. Benny, I'll get my associate in here and we'll give you your examination. Oh, Dr. Gordon... Yes, Doctor. Uh, will you help me with this examination? This is Mr. Benny. Uh, pleased to meet you, Dr. Gordon. Oh, thank you. Now, Mr. Benny, will you please strip? <laughs> you, uh, you mean undress? Yeah. 
All right. <laughs> Doctor! Doctor, I don't need the music! I'm uh, sorry, our last patient was Gypsy Rose Lee. Oh. Now, get behind that screen and take off your clothes. Yes, sir. When you are ready, Dr. Fenchel and I will be in the next room. Oh, Doctor, I have been concerned about that call you made this morning. Any information yet? Yes, I got a report from Dr. Stanley, and it's... it's all over. What was the result? She ran fifth, and we lose four bucks. <laughs> Gee, we took a beating on the Dodgers, too. Yeah. I wonder what's taking him so long. Uh, Mr. Benny, have you got all your clothes off? Yes, uh... Yes. Then come out from behind that screen. Well, gee, don't I get a balloon or something? <laughs> Just slip on this gown. Yes, sir. There, I'm ready. Very well. Now, hold still, Mr. Benny, while I listen to your heart. Uh, just a minute. I want to adjust my stethoscope. There. That's certainly a peculiar heartbeat. Well, it has to beat like that. It's in my contract. <laughs> and now, Mr. Benny, will you please step behind this fluoroscope? Yes, sir. Good. Contact? A contact. Hey, Mr. Benny, there seems to be a round metallic object near your kidney. Well, that's a quarter I swallowed years ago. Huh? <laughs> Shall we, Dr. Gordon? Why not? <laughs> Uh, Mr. Benny, will you please hiccup? Hiccup? Yeah. <gasps> it's tails, Dr. Gordon, you lose. <laughs> hey, what is this, anyway? Huh? And now, Mr. Benny, drink this glass of barium. Barium? You mean all that white stuff? Yes, it's a harmless chemical, and when you drink it, we can follow its course through the fluoroscope. Oh, all right. Gee, it tastes awful. Drink it off. There. Ooh, look, Dr. Fenchel. The barium has reached the esophageal entrance. And there it goes over the cricoid cartilage, behind the tracheal bifurcation, to the arc of the aorta. Now it's passing the esophageal hiatus. If it passes Pico and Sepulveda, it's dead. <laughs> Now it's going through the esophageal gastric junction. Now it's coming around the kidney on the outside, headed into the home stretch. It's barium sulfate by two lengths. Come on, barium! Come on, barium! It's barium, the winner by a nose! Doctor! Doctor! <laughs> what is this? What's going on here? Did Phil Harris have to drink that barium? No, he insisted on a martini. <laughs> a martini? Well, how could you trace it? We followed the ollie. <laughs> I should have known. Is that, uh, is that all, Doctor? Yeah, that is all for now. You can go. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, Mr. Benny. Yes? You'd better put your clothes on. Oh, yes. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> yes. put my clothes on. I forgot. 
Pretty girl is like a melody. Da dee da 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 da. Da 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 da. Da 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 Well, I'm all dressed. Goodbye, doctor. Goodbye, Mr. Benny. Goodbye, nurse. Your age? 38. da 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 one of the best ways I know of helping those in need is through the community chest. By treating vital problems as they arise, Red Feather Services prevent these problems from spreading throughout the community and affecting the welfare of the nation. By giving to the community chest, you benefit millions of Americans directly and all of us indirectly. The sign of the Red Feather is the sign of a good neighbor. So give generously to the community chest. Thank you. Jack, we'll be back in just a minute. But first, when you buy, keep your eye on the red bullseye. Keep your eye on the red bullseye. Keep your eye on Lucky Strike. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, and fine tobacco is what counts in a cigarette. Lucky Strike presents The Man Who Knows, Mr. Harry King of Durham, North Carolina. This veteran tobacco buyer recently said, At auction after auction, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy real fine tobacco that smokes up smooth and mild. And that's not all, for as Mr. King also said, I pick Luckers myself. Smoked them for 18 years. And as Lucky Strike smokers say, That's my kind of a cigarette. Real smooth smoking. So when you buy, keep your eye on the red bullseye. <laughs> keep your eye on Lucky Strike. And remember, L-S-M-F-T, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. Yes, when you buy, keep your eye on the red bullseye. <laughs> keep your eye on Lucky Strike. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned in for Phil Harris's program, which follows immediately... And tune in to a day in the life of Dennis Day on Wednesday night. And... Oh, Jack, how did your physical come out? Oh, fine, fine, Mary, but I have to go back tomorrow. Why? I forgot my underwear. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
The F.W. Fitch Company, makers of Fitch Shampoo, presents the Fitch Bandwagon with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Janine Roos, Ann Whitfield, Robert North, Walter Scharf and his music, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. Forty-two prizes each week for you. Just tell why you like Fitch Shampoo. To introduce Fitch's new cream shampoo, and for those who use dandruff remover shampoo, we're sponsoring our second big weekly contest. Prizes include... One new Fraser Manhattan four-door sedan. One new Kaiser sedan. Five universal electric ranges. Three Amana home freezers. Two Voss electric washing machines. 30 universal electric blankets. It's easy to enter, easy to win. Get paper and pencil ready. We'll give contest rules and the address now and repeat them again later in the program. Here's all you do. In 25 additional words or less, complete one of these statements. I like Fitch's cream shampoo because... or I like Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo because... That's all. Attach entry to carton top from Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo... Or round seal under jar lid of Fitch's cream shampoo or facsimile. Mail with your name and address to Fitch Shampoo, Box 1723, Chicago, Illinois. There's plenty to write about. Fitch's cream shampoo leaves hair far softer, shinier. That's because it's made with both lanolin and olive oil. Lanolin to soften, olive oil to bring out those sparkling highlights. 42 prizes each week for you. Just tell why you like Fitch Shampoo. Last Monday, a decision was reached at a board of directors meeting of the F.W. Fitch Company, which was to have a decided effect on the lives of Phil Harris and Alice Faye. Therefore, let's go back to Monday in that board of directors meeting in Des Moines, Iowa, where Mr. F.W. Fitch is speaking. And so, gentlemen, it has been decided that Phil Harris has been doing a splendid job on our radio show. And as a reward, we're making him a stockholder in our company. Is everyone agreed? Check, F.W. I agree, F.W. You have my vote, F.W. What do you say, J.R.? What's that? Uh, What were we talking about? (laughs) Why don't you pay attention? What are you writing, anyway? Well, I can win a Kaiser Fraser car if I finish this sentence. I like Fitch Cream Shampoo because... How many times must I tell you you can't enter our own contest? Oh. How do you feel about making Harris a stockholder? Uh, Well, frankly, F.W., I I do not think that Phil Harris belongs in our company. He is not our type of person. In fact, I don't know why we hired him for our program in the first place. We hired him for three good reasons. He's a comedian, he's a musician, and it was the only way we could get Alice Faye. (laughs) (laughs) But, F.W., remember that this is a closed corporation, and... We stockholders are all gentlemen. Do we want a man as crude as this Harris to be a stockholder and have a voice in our affairs? Oh, relax, J.R. How much damage can he do with one lousy share? (laughs) F.W., your language. well, Well, perhaps we ought to keep this stock in trust. He might even sell it to an outsider. Quiet, J.R., you've been outvoted. We are sending Mr. Harris one share of stock worth $14.62. I'll advise him of that immediately. Miss Martin, take a telegram. 
He goes to Bill Harris, Encino, California. And now we take you to the Harris home on that same Monday morning. Alice, Phil, and the children are at breakfast, and Phil is telling the children a story. And so, kids, the little princess found herself in the frozen north surrounded by wolves. What happened, Daddy? Did the princess get eaten by the wolves? Phyllis, there's no such word as eaten. Besides, you don't have to worry. The princess wasn't that up by the wolves. <laughs> now, let's try it with eight up, huh? Then what happened to the princess, Daddy? Well, when the wolves got close, she jumped on her dog sled, cracked the whip, and yelled, Tally-ho! But the dogs didn't move. They just turned and sneered in her face. Daddy, the word is mush. All right, they sneered in her mush. <laughs> Alice, tell the kids to stop correcting me. But, Phil, you were wrong. Well, I don't care. Tell the kids they shouldn't ought to do it. It ain't nice. <laughs> All right. Kids, it ain't nice and you shouldn't ought to do it. <laughs> Phil, let the children eat their breakfast. Is anybody home? Oh, it's my brother. We're in here, William. Hello, Alice. Good morning, Philip. Oh, isn't it a lovely day? <laughs> Everything is right with the world. Well, little orphan Annie is here again. <laughs> Sit down and be quiet, will you? I'm telling the kids a story. Oh, my. Alice, why do you allow Philip to tell the children stories? His choice of language is atrocious. And besides, he doesn't know how to tell a story correctly. Who doesn't? Why, I got the smoothest delivery in show business. Why do you think I got two radio shows? You're wondering too, hmm? <laughs> Alice, tell this guy why I got two radio shows. Well, it's obvious, William. Phil has two shows because he has... Phil, what was it you told me you had on Mr. Benny and Mr. Fitch? Now, will you... I cut out the kid And I'm on the Benny show Because he needs me He needs you? Oh, come now, Philip You're nothing but a lowly stooge On that program Now, wait a minute Wait a minute Don't go calling me no stooge And especially in front of my children They think I'm the funniest one On the Benny show Don't you, kids? We certainly do, Daddy Especially when you pick up the phone And say Hello, both This is Rochester <laughs> Phyllis, now I don't play that part Oh, then you must be the man who goes, oh No, I'm not F.E. Boone either You see, Philip, even your children are confused Which proves how precarious your position is in show business If the public ever becomes aware of your lack of talent, where will you be? What will you do? You're, you're a little too old to turn to anything else <laughs> William, Phil is not old He's still young and good-looking Thanks, honey, but you don't have to say it just because it's obvious <laughs> no, no, I'm serious, Philip If you were to leave show business, what else would you do? You're certainly not mentally equipped for the business world Who ain't? I... <laughs> If I wasn't an entertainer, there are lots of things I could be. With my, my brains, I could be a... Uh, or I could be... Uh, well, and then again, I could be... Uh, uh... And that's only three of the things he could be. <laughs> you, you'll see, Philip. You'd be lost, completely Wait lost. a minute. I'll answer it, Alice. Anything to get away from this pen and pencil set. <laughs> Thinks I'm a stooge. Thinks I haven't got enough brains to make a lot of money. If that long shot comes in today, I'll show him. 
I have a telegram for Phil Harris. I'm Harris. Here, kid, thanks. I wonder who could be sending me a telegram. Let me see. We are happy to inform you that we are making you a stockholder in the Fitch Company. Oh, me a stockholder in a big company? Wait a minute. The stock will be sent within a fortnight, signed F.W. Fitch. Hey, yeah, and I'm getting it in a fortnight. Ain't that terrific? Wait a minute. How long is a fortnight? <laughs> P.S. It's two weeks, you dope. <laughs> oh, will you listen to that? I thought it was nine days Oh, look Oh, gee, this stock really puts me and Alice in the money And what I can do with that money Oh, I'll really spread it around Because I'm a fellow with a heart of gold And the ways of a gentleman I've been told the kind of a guy That wouldn't even harm a flea But if me and a certain character met That guy that invented the cigarette I'd murder that son of a gun in the first degree Now, not because I don't smoke myself And I don't reckon they'll harm your health I've smoked all my life and ain't dead yet but nicotine slaves are all the same At a petting party or a poker game Everything must stop while they smoke that cigarette Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette Puff, puff, puff And if you smoke yourself to death Tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate That you hate to make him wait But you just got to have another cigarette Smoke, smoke, smoke Mmm Puff, puff, puff now the other night I had a date with the cutest little girl in 48 stakes, a high-bred uptown fancy little dame. She said she loved me and it seemed to me that things were about like they ought to be, so hand in hand we strolled down Lover's Lane. She was oh so far from a cake of ice and our smooching party was going nice, so help me Hannah, I think I'd been there yet. I'd have been there yet. But I give her a kiss and a little squeeze, she said, Philip, excuse me please, but I've just got to have another cigarette. Another cigarette. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Puff, 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 and if you smoke yourself to death Tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate That you hate to make him wait But you just got to have another cigarette Smoke, smoke, smoke mm. St. Peter, I'm sorry that I'm keeping you holding that gate open But I just got to have another drag off of this cigarette Thank you, Peter Mmm, thank you brought that on? What brought it on, Alice, honey? Listen to this telegram. I've been made a big stockholder in the Fitch Company. Oh, that's wonderful, isn't it, William? Yeah, isn't it, bud? Just listen to that. <laughs> you thought I was nothing but a stooge, and now look at me. A large stockholder, an important financier, a big business mongrel. <laughs> yeah, just, just a moment, Philip. What makes you think it's a large block of stock? Well, after all I've done for that company, they must have given me at least a controlling interest. <laughs> Now take it easy, Phil You don't have the stock yet Well, I'm getting it in a day or two They'll be wheeling that stuff in in bales <laughs> Now, from now on, honey, we're gonna live Now, look, we're gonna sell this place And get a bigger house And then we're gonna... Well, wait a minute That must be Frankie I asked him to stop by And drive me down to the band rehearsal I'll let him in Oh, boy, wait till I tell Frankie about the stock Hiya, Frankie, come on in Hello, Curly Oh, come on inside and sit down Boy, have I got news for you, kid You're looking at a big man I got a controlling interest in Fitch How utterly thrilling <laughs> What's a Fitch? Fitch <laughs> 
It's our sponsor, our sponsor, the people who... Look, whose name is on the check you get every week? The Bank of America. I thought we were working for them. <laughs> look, Frankie, I've been made a member of a big firm. They took me into the business, and I'm now a big shot. I'm important. I got a company to run. Letters to dictate to my private secretary. Just one of you got a secretary. Well, I haven't got one yet, but I'm going to get one after all. A financial wizard like me needs a menial to dispense with the trivialities that are fostered on a man in my position. <laughs> well, la di da. <laughs> now, look, will you listen a minute? A man as important as I am now needs a secretary. And by the way, uh, you know any girl who'd like the job? Don't bother me. What do I know from secretaries? Well, I know it's going to be a good job for somebody. I'm pretty well fixed now, and... I'm going to be willing to pay about 200 bucks a week, and you see, I... Frankie, get off of my lap. <laughs> Look, Curly, hire me. I'm great at that secretary stuff. Oh, you are? How's your shorthand? It's growing, thanks. <laughs> Start dictating, hey? I'll show you how good I am. Okay, now, the first thing I want you to do is to send a letter to Jack Benny and tell him that I can no longer be just a stooge on his program. Well, wait a minute, Curly. I'll type it. Before I was a musician, I used to work in an office. Yeah? Well, are you fast on the typewriter? Well, I never found out. I'd sit down to type, but every time I came to the end of a line, a bell would ring and I'd go out to lunch. <laughs> Twenty pounds. Look, stop. <laughs> and you're hearing bells all the time. Now look, sit down and take this letter. Okay. Now look, dear Mr. Benny, due to an important position that I have just attained in the financial world, I can no longer accept stooge roles on your program. And from now on, I shall have to be one of the luminaries. Got it. <laughs> You don't think you made it a little too wordy, do you, <laughs> Look, Curly, I know what I'm doing. I know what you want to tell Benny. Go away and I'll write the letter myself. Okay, Frankie, I'll let you write it. But now don't make it too strong no. because Jackson's been good to me and I don't want to hurt that old man. Now you write it. <laughs> write it and watch it and I'll be right back. Okay, Benny. Hey, Alice. Hey, Alice, where are you? I'm in here in the kitchen, Phil. Look, honey, you're the wife of a big stockholder now. And believe me, you won't have to work in the kitchen no more Because tomorrow <laughs> I'm going to hire you a whole rotten new of servants <laughs> That's right, not only that, I'm going to get you a bigger house I'm going to buy you that big red place in Beverly Hills You know that colonial place with the big wide doors and brass pillars? Phil, that's the firehouse <laughs> Please, Phil, I don't want another house Uh-oh, that must be the grocery boy Will you let him in? Yes, I'll let him in Silly, though, because if it's Julius Abruzio, he wouldn't want to see me anyway. The kid's sweet on you, baby. Greetings, dream girl. I stand here before you with my <laughs> eyes closed because I fear that if I open them, I might be blinded by your dazzling beauty. <laughs> well, take a chance and open them, kid. I ain't that beautiful. <laughs> oh, it's you, Mr. Harris. Where's Miss Faye? Oh, hello, Julius. Gee, it's good to see you again. Greetings, dream girl. I stand here before you with my eyes closed because I fear that if I open them, I might be blinded by your dazzling beauty. Oh, Julius, it's sweet of you to say that. Don't let it go to your head, honey. You said the same thing to me. 
Billy, I finished typing your letter to Benny. It's all signed, sealed, and ready to go. You sealed it? Don't you think you ought to let me read it first? Of course not. This <laughs> <laughs> letter ain't addressed to you. It's addressed to Jack Benny. So <laughs> You want to do something, Curly? You can take it out and mail it. Hey, if that letter's for Mr. Benny, I'll take it. I got to deliver a bag of gumdrops to his house this afternoon. I'll give it to him personally. Oh, thanks, kid. Here's the letter. That's all right, Mr. Emily. Well, I got to go now. Farewell, soulmate. Farewell, Julius. <laughs> Frankie. Frankie, he's talking to me. Yes. <laughs> Bill, what are you writing to Jack Benny about? Oh, nothing, honey. I just made a few demands now that I'm a big man. A few little things I think he ought to do. Hey, forget about it. Look, Frankie, come yeah. on. Let's get down to rehearsal. Hey, Alice, when I get downtown, I'm going to buy you fur coats, new cars, and jewelry. <laughs> now, and take it easy, Phil. You don't have the stock yet. But it's coming, honey. And Now, look, I want you to go out and buy some stuff for the new house. I want you to get Persian rugs, oil paintings, and, oh, we're going to live in class. Oh, naturally. And we mustn't forget to buy some solid gold plates. You're going to use solid gold plates? Sure. What do you think? We eat like pigs? <laughs> Please control yourself. Oh, stop worrying. Now, come on, Frankie. So long, honey. Goodbye, Phil. Mm, bye. Oh, that man of mine. Heaven knows what he'll bring home. My father was the same way. I remember the time he made a few extra dollars and bought a car for Mom. He burst into the house and said, Get your veil and get your duster. Get the info goggles when the wind's a guster. Keep your Hubbard gown firmly belted down when you're out in your Stanley steamer. In a gale, we never fluster. Cause we're told we get that old familiar luster. If you're dressed in style, everyone will smile When you're out in your Stanley steamer Honk, 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 honk The donkey used to have his charm But he's looking at us with alarm For it looks like he's back to the farm But if you fail with your combustor Then your speed is gonna need a new adjuster And you must be just, just the one we trust Oh, we won't step inside No, we won't take the ride That you plan in your Stanley steamer That you plan in your Stanley steamer the tandem bike has had its day If you're riding one, you'll find that they Poke along in an obsolete way With full of pride, 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 anticipation Like a child who has a wild imagination And we want to ride, want to ride inside Of the latest motor team Want to sit behind the wheel With, with the man in the Stanley Streamer in the Stanley Steamer In the Stanley Steamer Oh, I hope Phil doesn't go hog wild downtown and buy every... 
Coming. I got a telegram for Phil Harris. I'll take it. Wow, how you've changed, Mr. Harris. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, son. I wonder who this is from. Due to a dissenting vote in the board of directors, we have decided not to mail your stock, but to keep it in trust for you. Signed, F.W. Fitch. In trust? Oh, my goodness, that means Phil can't touch it. And he's out spending money he won't be getting. Oh, I've got to get down to that rehearsal and tell him. Come on, hurry up, Phil. We're late for rehearsal already. Yeah, 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 I know. Now, let's see. What have I ordered so far? Now, have you got it all marked down, Frankie? Oh, sure. You ordered six assorted fur coats for Alice. Check. <laughs> uh, eight truckloads of sand for the kid's sandbox. Uh-huh. And 12 pairs of yellow shoes for yourself. <laughs> Right, good. Now look, and another thing, I'm buying Alice a new home, so remind me to run an ad putting our house up for sale. Hey, Curly, ain't you overdoing this? Don't tell me what to do, Sec. You just put it down. <laughs> hey, look, here's a rehearsal hall. Now I can't wait to tell them guys what I'm gonna do for them. Wait till you hear this. I'm gonna give them all a raise because they deserve it. They're a fine bunch of gentlemen, so open that door, Frankie. Hey, Frankie, Frankie, uh, tell the gentleman to be quiet. Yeah, all right. Quiet, you mugs. Pipe down. Break it up! <laughs> That's better. <laughs> the podium is yours, maestro. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> gentlemen, as your podium, I got a few words to say. <laughs> Hey, Artie, will you pay attention when I'm talking to you? What are you doing? I'm writing. I'm entering the contest. All I'm going to do is tell why I like fit standard remover shampoo in 25 words. You don't know 25 words. <laughs> well, when you get back and pay attention, I'm going to... Gonna... Phil, Phil, I want to talk to you. It's very important. Oh, hello, honey. Well, what are you doing here? Yeah, what's up, Alice? Phil, you just got another telegram from the Fitch Company. They're not sending you the stock. They're holding it in trust for you. Ain't that wonderful? They trust me. <laughs> well, you don't understand, Phil. That means you won't be able to touch the stock. They're holding it for you. Hold? Hold? You mean I ain't going to be able to get my hands on the money right away? Oh, but gee, honey, how about all those nice things that I just ordered oh, for? Oh, well, you can cancel all that, but I hope you didn't offend Mr. Benny in that letter because you need that job. No. <laughs> I didn't say anything to offend Jackson You can ask Frankie He typed the letter All I said was it You know, that I just Wanted to be one of the show's luminaries <laughs> That ain't what you said, Curly <laughs> What do you mean? I couldn't spell luminary So I told him you quit Told him I quit? Frankie, how could you do such a thing to me? I can't quit, Jackson Phil, oh. maybe it isn't too late Maybe Julius hasn't delivered the letter well, yet Well, we better get over at that market And see if Julius is still there or not Come on, Ramley, you schnook 
hurry up, Alice. I'm afraid we're late anyway. I don't see Julius anywhere. Oh, he in must the store. be somewhere. Oh, there he is over there. You better let me talk to him, Phil. You only upset him. Julius. Miss Faye! Oh, thank goodness you're here. I rushed over to see you. At last you have come to me, fair one. Let us fly away together. Date her later, will you? <laughs> Let us fly. That's right. Where's that letter to Benny? Now, where's the letter? Take your mitt off of me. The letter's been delivered. Oh, no. No. Oh, Alice, I'm a ruined man. Oh, let's get home. I got to try and call Jackson and... Ex- You're a schnook <laughs> Oh, Alice, I've got to call Jack, but I'm afraid... Oh, Daddy, you're home just in time. Mr. Benny is on the phone. He is? Uh, well, what does he want, Phyllis? He wants to talk to Miss Encino. Oh, all right, honey, get him on the phone. <laughs> well, I got one chance. I got to try, try and just try and bluff my way out of this. Hiya, Jackson. How's the sweetest little guy in the whole world, old television's prospect? Hiya, Jackson. Oh, you... Huh? Oh, you got my letter, huh? But, yeah, I know, but, uh, yeah, yeah, all I said was I quit. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah I quit, but I, well, I didn't mean it, Jackson. Please. Hey, Jackson, can I have my job back? I didn't mean it, Jack. Of course, Mr. Benny. Yes, master. <laughs> Thank you, most exalted one. <laughs> Goodbye. Boy, took brains to get out of that one. <laughs> well, honey, I had to take a cut in salary, but I got my job back. <laughs> well, thank goodness. But tell me, Phil, why did you keep telling Jack the letter said you quit? I had to. Frankie's typing was so bad he couldn't read a word. <laughs> <laughs> Forty-two prizes each week for you. Just tell why you like Fitch Shampoo. Look, this is Phil Harris, folks. Remember, our second contest closes Saturday night, midnight, October the 18th. So enter tonight. Now, look, here's all you do. In 25 additional words or less, complete one of these statements. I like Fitch's cream shampoo because... Or, I like Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo because... Mail entry with your name and address to Fitch Shampoo, Box 1723, Chicago. That's Fit Shampoo, Box 1723, Chicago, Illinois. Send any number of entries, each on a plain sheet of paper. To each, attach round seal under jar lid of Fitch's Cream Shampoo or carton top from Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo or facsimile. This week's prizes include... One Fraser Manhattan sedan, one Kaiser sedan, five Universal Electric Rangers, three Amano home freezers, two Voss Electric washing machines, 30 Universal Electric blankets. Entries judged on originality, sincerity, and aptness of thought. Duplicate prizes for ties, judges' decisions final. Any person in the United States or Canada may enter, except employees of Fitch, their advertising agency, and families. Entries received after Saturday midnight, judged in following week's contest. First car winners announced on this program next Sunday. (laughs) 
Tune in next week when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch Bandwagon with Alice Fay and Phil Harris. This program was written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet and directed by Paul Phillips. Included in today's cast were Francis X. Bushman, Gil Stratton, Ollie O'Toole, and Bob Jellison. Alice Fay appears to the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. Good night, everybody. Look, this is Phil Harris again. Remember, folks, there are three big contests left. Now, you can enter each week for those big weekly prizes. Don't be a Remley. Do it tonight. <laughs> Laugh a while, let a song be your style. You spit shampoo. Don't despair. Use your head, save your hair. You spit Try Fitch's Cream Shampoo. Enter second contest before Saturday midnight. Win a Fraser Manhattan or Kaiser Sedan. Bill Foreman speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to our second episode of the 1937-1938 season of the Jack Benny Show. Tonight's show again features Abe Lyman as the guest. I think last time I assumed that Phil Harris wasn't going to be on because Abe Lyman was on, um, but they were both on the show. And in this case, same case, uh, Phil Harris is on there. I don't know what they're doing exactly with having... Abe Lyman on uh, for the first, he's going to be on the first three episodes this season, and I guess they just really liked him from the first one and kept having him back, which Jack does from time to time with guest stars if he thinks they're doing a great job. Um, certainly his his tough guy persona really came out last week. Uh, a lot of folks mentioned to me that his line about... Um, back off Andy, divine, or I'll clear your throat, was one of the funnier lines they've heard in a while. Um, and it was. It, it, he did a great job. So they bring him back today. We'll see what's going to happen today on Jack's show with Abe Lyman. The other thing that, that uh, happens today that happens a lot on a lot of Jack's second shows of the season is they talk about reviews of the first show. And you'll see that's a ongoing theme throughout... Um, a lot of the years of Jack Benny. Anyway, enjoy tonight's episode, and we'll see you next time. J-E-L-L-O. The Jell-O program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Phil Harris and his orchestra. The orchestra opens a program with You Can't Have Everything from the Picture of the Same Name. Many folks who live in the country declare that October is their favorite month of the year. I certainly agree with them because it's the month of the most varied colors. But no matter where you live, in the country or in the city, the same cheerfulness of October colors can be reflected right in your own dining room with the most colorful dessert in the world, Jell-O. Every one of Jell-O's six delicious flavors has its own beautiful and distinctive color. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. They're gay and glowing and appetizing to look at, and they have the grandest flavor in the world. For Jell-O has that extra rich fruit flavor, so luscious and satisfying. 
But remember, there's only one Jell-O, and only genuine Jell-O brings you that grand, extra-rich fruit flavor. So don't accept any substitutes. Look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O. gentlemen, for the second broadcast of the new series, we bring you by popular demand and public acclaim, our latest discovery, Jack What's-His-Name. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Hello again, this is Jack What's-His-Name talking. It was just been introduced by Don Hoosier. And Don, that was an awful introduction. You're nothing but an old whatchamacallit. Well, Jack, I put you at ease. You know, I thought you were pretty nervous last Sunday night on our first broadcast. Well, Don, why not? I mean, after all, I'm the mother of the program. And you know what we have to go through. <laughs> but I must admit that I was never so frightened in my life. You'd think I had never faced a microphone. Yes, I noticed it, Jack, and I sympathized with you. Oh, I was a wreck. I shook so much that after the program, I found dandruff in my socks. <laughs> Yes, and I noticed your hands were shaking, too. What is that, Don? I said your hands were shaking. Well, they were glad to see each other. <laughs> but I want to tell you something, Don, and this may sound silly. I was very happy to find out that I could be that nervous. You were? Why? Because it definitely proves my artistry. You know, Don, there's an old saying that unless you're nervous, you're not a true artiste. Well, uh, <laughs> I agree with you. You know, there's something to that. Now, you take our greatest performers. Any one of them. Well, I remember one time at the Metropolitan Opera when Lily Pons walked out on the stage absolutely trembling with fright. Really? Yes, sir. And when she picked up her violin and started to play. <laughs> well, I never... Jack, Jack, what's the matter with it? Lily Pons is a singer. She doesn't play the violin. She doesn't? No. Well, that shows you how nervous she was. <laughs> <laughs> But we're all like that, Don. We're all like that. Now, you take our own business, for instance, radio. Don, uh, come here a minute, will you? Did you ever, uh, did you ever watch Eddie Cantor broadcast? Yes, I have, Jack, and he's very funny. I didn't ask you that. <laughs> but is he jittery? Did you ever notice his eyes when he works? I'll say. It seems like they're going to pop right out of his head. Well, they would if he didn't use glue for an eye wash. <laughs> I can mention any number of cases. Now, you take Fred Astaire. I'll take Ginger. Quiet. <laughs> now, really, you've seen Fred Astaire in pictures, haven't you, Doc? Yes, I have, and his dancing is marvelous. Dancing? Why, that's nothing but a nervous twist. <laughs> <laughs> but as I told you, Don, in show business, we're all like that. Well, I was once on a vaudeville bill with a contortionist who used to bite his toenails. Oh, was he nervous. <laughs> but you know, Don, I felt awfully sorry for Mary last Sunday. She was scared stiff. You said it. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Mary. You know, I was telling Don how excited I was last Sunday. Did you notice it, Mary? Why, Jack, you looked as cool as a cucumber. I did. And just as green. <laughs> well, it's no surprise to me. Gee, you were so upset, you were even smoking a cigar. Well, what's unusual about that? You've seen me smoke a cigar before, haven't you? Yes, but not sideways. Oh, <laughs> Well, I suppose you were perfectly calm and at ease. I never saw anyone like you. I know it, Jack. See, I was so worried and fidgety that I don't even remember kissing Kenny. 
You don't? Well, how do you know you kissed Kenny? I've been acting like a dope all week. Well, I can understand that. But, Mary, I was wondering about the show. Did you hear any reports on our last week's program? Oh, everybody's talking about it. Uh And I brought a swell write-up from the Hollywood Reporter. Oh, yeah? What does it say? Don't grab it. I'll read it. I'm not grabbing. Go ahead. Uh, It says that the Jell-O show returned to the air Sunday night, October 3rd. Mm -hmm. Mary Livingston was her usual charming self. And the high spot of the evening was her poem about Paris. Hmm. The program itself was spotty and jerky and dull at times. Oh. But Mary Livingston was her usual charming self. <laughs> what, again? Doesn't it say anything about me? Oh, sure, right here. Jack Benny got his laugh by making faces back at the audience. <laughs> I did not make faces. There was a fly on my nose. Why didn't you brush him off? Say, every listener counts. (laughs) Is there any more to the write-up, Mary? Uh, The program was very entertaining. Well. And although it was a cloudy evening with a slight northeast wind, Mary Livingston was her usual usual charming (laughs) I know that. See, even the weather doesn't stop you. It was an awful write-up anyway. You'd think he'd make allowance for my nervousness on the first program. Oh, it wasn't just a program, Jack. You were upset because Abe Lyman came into the studio and threatened you. Why, because he tried to scare me into hiring his band? <laughs> that didn't affect me. The guy's nothing but a big bluff. Well, then why did you stay in the house all week? Because I was sick, that's why. <laughs> I even had a doctor, didn't I, Mary? Uh-huh. Oh, is that so? What was wrong with Jack? The doctor said he had a streak of jaundice down his back. <laughs> He did not He did not He said I had a breakdown from strain and worry I didn't leave the house until Friday Well, uh, you didn't run into Lyman, did you? No, and I wouldn't have cared if I did Then why did you wear those great big false whiskers? Because I had a cold on my chest and shut up (laughs) Why? What is this, a third degree? Hey, Jack, what's all the excitement? Nothing, Phil, but no one seems to believe me around here, that's all See, it's only natural to be tense on my first show. You were nervous, too, weren't you, Phil? What for? I'm no ham. Well, I'm not either, Phil, but, gee, I like to do a good job. Don't you want your music good? Don't you want your boys to play well? I wouldn't know it if they did. (laughs) Well, well, that's interesting. The sponsors will be glad to hear that. I bet they're not even listening. Fine talk, I must say. When I think of all the orchestra leaders that would be willing to take your job for almost nothing, what do you think I'm doing? <laughs> well, of all the of all the ungrateful things. Let me tell you something, Phil. You talked yourself right out of something. You were in line for a raise. That line hasn't moved in three years. <laughs> oh, is that so? That's what you think. You got a raise, didn't you, Mary? I'll say. You see? But I was working in Macy's at the time. <laughs> and just for that, you won't get it. Say, Phil, even though you're not interested, I wonder if I can prevail upon you to lead the orchestra through our next musical selection. Okay. Wake up, man! Play, Phil. Now I'll sleep.
when Mr. Dodd takes the air, played by Phil Harris and his Sandman Ensemble. Say, Phil, in spite of your attitude, your music does sound much better with those added musicians. Yes, I think so. Of course, I don't care much for that one new man you've got there. He keeps, you know, the fellow who keeps thumbing his nose at me all the time. Where? Right over there. That's the harmonica player. Oh! Oh, I, I see. I didn't get that. Oh, yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Where's the harmonica? You can't afford one. Well, I wish you'd hire musicians instead of critics. <laughs> Believe me. Say, Jack. Yeah? Uh, those three violinists that Phil added certainly improved a lot. They have? Yeah, this week they're using both hands. Oh, good. Well, anyway, a larger orchestra does help our show. Say, Phil, I forgot to ask you, did you hear any reports on last Sunday's broadcast? Nothing that wouldn't upset you. Well, it won't upset me. I want to know the truth. All right. For one thing, I read in the variety... I read that, so don't get smart. (laughs) Wise guy. Well, say, Jack... What, Don? Here's a great write-up in the radio guide. I brought it along. You did? Yes. You want to hear it? No, but it kills time, anyway. (laughs) It says that... uh, Jack Benny inaugurates his new series of broadcasts last Sunday night, and this reviewer has seldom heard a more novel program. Well, well. The outstanding moment came when Don Wilson stated in a voice vibrant with emotion that Jell-O was not genuine without the big red letters on the box. Hmm. The sincerity with which he read that famous slogan was not only believable, but thrilling. Well, it was, Don. It was. It was. When this sterling announcer claimed that Jell-O had that new extra-rich fresh fruit flavor, he held the audience in the palm of his hand. You could, Don. You could. (laughs) Uh, What else does it say? Bravo to Mr. Wilson. Let us have more of this kind of entertainment. Hmm. Uh, let's see that, John. Yes, here you are, Mary. He doesn't say anything about me. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Uh, oh, here's something nice about you, Jack. Oh, yeah? Uh, Jack Benny, the star of the program, gave an exceedingly fine performance, as only he can admit. <laughs> well, that's more like it there. Anything else? Uh, the studio was jammed, the reception was good, and Mary Livingston was her usual charming self. <laughs> a fine writer. I bet you know every newspaper man in town. Well, it's a small town. Yeah. Usual charming self. Now, listen, Jack, did I write those reviews? It wasn't your Aunt Minnie. <laughs> if I'm not too subtle. <laughs> Say, Jack, are you really heard about those write-ups? No, I'm not. You ought to see what the Waukegan Sun Gazette said about me. Maybe it was a rave. Naturally, it was your hometown. Well, that's just a coincidence. They're very fair in Waukegan. Oh, go on. They're prejudiced because you're a local boy. They're not prejudiced. In fact, I had an uncle that was hung there. (laughs) So there. Stop showing off. Yeah. Why don't you read us the write-up, Jack? No, Don. It'll sound conceited. You can take my word for it that it's very good. Oh, I'll bet. Who wrote it? Jack's uncle, and it served him right. Well, let's drop it. You guys think hey, that... Hey, Jack, it... Jack. What? Get a load of Kenny. Yeah, look at him with a big cigar in his mouth. Cigar? Well, I'll be doggone. Hello, Kenny. Hiya, men. How's things and stuff? Well, I'll what be... What do you hear from the mob? <laughs> now, look, Kenny. Just because we told you you're growing up, you don't have to rush things. Well, I'm in a hurry. Yeah? And another thing. Throw away that cigar. It'll make you sick. It will not. It's chocolate. <laughs> Oh, chocolate. Who's got a match? Kenny, you had me scared there for a minute. You know, your mother told me to keep an eye on you, so don't go acting up. You're getting a little too wild for a kid your age. I gotta have my fling, don't I? 
Fling? Well, you don't even know what a fling is. Well, when I find out, wow. <laughs> Get that guy. It's all your fault, Mary. You shouldn't have kissed Kenny last week. Well, you told me to. That's right, I did. Uh... Gee, he's got to grow up sometime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And furthermore, Kenny, it wouldn't hurt you to get here on time. Where were you? I stopped off for a slug of root beer. <laughs> oh, a slug of root beer, huh? Huh? Boy, well. have I got a hangover. Pardon me, Kenny. I didn't give you the yes, lead I there. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, pull yourself together, Kenny. It's time for your song. All right. Wait a minute. We'll answer the phone, man. Uh, hello? Hello, is this J-E-L-L-O? <laughs> Yes, Andy. Oh, hello, Mary. I want to speak to Buck. Okay, here... Say, Buck, I called up to tell you that I can't come down to the program today. I got a cold. A cold? Yeah, can't you notice it? <laughs> Not without television, Andy. It's too bad. How did you get it? Well, yesterday morning, I started to put on my underwear, and I didn't know which foot to put in first. Yeah. And while I was making up my mind, a draft snuck up on me. Well, that's a shame. You ought to take care of it. What you need is a good hot toddy. A hot toddy? Yeah. Well, what do you do? Drink it or go out with it? <laughs> you drink it. Well, Andy, as long as you got a cold... As long as you got a cold, you better go right to bed and get some sleep. I can't, Buck. Every time I snooze, I sneeze. All right, just stay in the house then. Take care of yourself. So long, Andy. So long, Buck. It's you. Gesundheit. Well, goodbye. Oh, Andy, how did our first program go over at your house? Oh, great, Buck. <laughs> the chickens are still cackling. <laughs> well, that's fine. I'm glad to hear it. You know, the cows liked it, too. I know, Andy. I got a bottle of milk in my fan mail. <laughs> well, Goodbye. Say, Buck, when's Kenny gonna sing? Right now, Andy. Wait a minute. Don't hang up. Go ahead. Sing, Kenny. Now, don't go away, Andy. Kenny's gonna do his song, right?
the dark While stars are in the blue Upon a night like this Perhaps I'll hear those little whispers in the dark From you Precious little whispers Whispers in the Dark from Odyssey Models, a great tune from a great picture. <laughs> and I've got a picked-up option to prove it. Gosh, did you sing that number in the picture, Jack? No, Kenny, I was too busy acting and making love. Wasn't I, Mary? Yes, sirree. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you ask me something. Anyway, Kenny, I heard some uh, nice comments on your song last week. Did you hear any reports on our program? Oh, swell, Jack. I saw a great write-up for us in the Radio Daily. Well, we haven't got time for that. Oh, now. I got it right here. Oh, then what does it say? It says, uh, the Jell-O program last Sunday was dynamite, but it failed to go off. <laughs> Is that so? However, the program was fairly good. Well. And Kenny Baker was Mary Livingston's usual charming self. <laughs> now, that's what I call a real tribute. And now, uh, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, going from the write-ups to the sublime, we will present the first in a series of highly dramatic offerings entitled High, Wide, Tall, Dark, and Handsome. I will play the part of High. Wilson will be wide. And now, who else? Boy, if we only had a handsome. Quiet. Now, in this play... Oh, pardon me, folks. Come in. Here I come. I like to hear the birdies and the pigeons. Huh? Well, well. Hello, stranger. Welcome. Well, Jackie boy and Wilson and Kennel and Mary. Oh, my, oh, my, 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 my. Yep, we're all here, Slap. We're all oh, here. Oh, my, am I happy to see you. Why, you could knock me down without cheesecake. <laughs> Hey, Phil, Phil, I want you to meet an old friend of mine. Slep, this is Phil Harris. Glad to know you, Slep. The feeling is beneficial. <laughs> well, no kidding, Slep. It's sure nice to see you again. All the way from New York. How'd you come out? In my trailer. Oh. It only took me eight months. Eight months from New York in a trailer? Why, did you have trouble with your car? What car? I only had a trailer. <laughs> Oh, well, in that case, it's remarkable. Only eight months. Hey, Jack, with a little luck, I could have made it in seven. Why? What, what happened? My wife had a puncture. <laughs> so your wife made a trip with you. Imagine yeah. making a cross-country trip like that. Eight months. So what do you call your trailer? Schlepperman's Magic Carpet. <laughs> oh, it's a Jim Dandy. I can imagine a trailer. So how big is it? Three rooms and a swimming pool. <laughs> A swimming pool? How could you get a swimming pool in a trailer? I took out my tennis court. Well, you got here anyway. Say, Slap, did you hear our program last Sunday? Ah, oh, Jackie boy, it was marvelous. It was simply fascinating. There was only one thing missing. There was? And here I am. 
Well, I'm glad you liked it. What do you think of our new addition, Andy Devine? Oh, he's tantalizing. Well, Schlepp, you must be tired. Sit down and relax, and we'll get together later. All right, honey, pal. I'd like to be in the chair. Oh, boy. Hey, Mary, isn't it good to see Schlepperville again? Huh? Yeah, but I wish he'd take that herring out of his hand while he's broadcasting. Well, his part is typed on it. And now, uh... <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, we'll continue with our program and offer a new series of, uh... Hello, Jack. Hello. Oh, hello, Lyman. I didn't hear you come in. Uh, watch out, Jack. Here comes Mickey Rath. Just be quiet, Mary. I'll handle this. There's going to be any trouble around here tonight. All right, Abe. What's bothering you now? You promised to talk things over with me during the week and you never showed up. Now, listen, Abe. I told you last week that Phil Harris and his band were signed up for the season. And that settles it. What about that letter you sent me? That has nothing to do with it. A letter isn't a contract. It is, too. Stay out of this, Kenny. You, I can lick. <laughs> now, Abe, I've had enough of this, so get out of here and leave us alone. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm not afraid of you. For two cents, I throw you out in your ear. Why don't you try it? Because money isn't everything. <laughs> That'll hold you. Now, look here, Lyman. You heard Jack say that I was signed up for the season, so why don't you scram? One more crack out of you, Phil, and I'll uncurl your hair. <laughs> uncurl Phil's hair? I don't think you can do it. Well, I do. Good night, folks. <laughs> well, of all the yellow spineless... Gentlemen, gentlemen, what seems to be the casualties here? <laughs> Oh, this guy is trying to bulldoze me. Is that so? He's feeling chippy, eh? Well, leave him to me. I'll put him in the place. Slap. Don't hold me. Oh. <laughs> now, look here, Limey boy. You're talking topsy-turvy. In this argument, you're all wrong. Now, listen here, you little punk. I'll punch you right in the nose. All of a sudden, I'm on your side. <laughs> Why are all my friends little guys? <laughs> now, look here, Abe. I don't want to have to appeal to your sympathy. But I've been pretty sick all week, and, and I've been in bed with a cold. <coughs> <laughs> the doctor told me that any little excitement or worry is liable to prove fatal. Gee, Jack, I didn't know that. So put yourself in my position and try to understand. We'll talk this over when I feel better. Well, Jack, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were ill. Oh, I am. <laughs> See? All right, I'll run along and we'll talk it over later. Okay, I'll straighten it out with you. You better or don't bother getting well. <laughs> oh, it's no bother. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Goodbye, Abe. So long, chiseler. Hmm. Can you imagine that? I hope he falls down the stairs. And now, folks, we... Well, I must be psychic. Later. <laughs> delicious goodness. 
There's one dessert that brings you all three. And that dessert is Jell-O. Jell-O is as easy as can be to prepare, and it will help you get constant interest and variety into your meals. For there are six delicious flavors to tempt every appetite. Six lovely glowing colors to dress your table. You can serve it in any number of attractive ways. You'll find a group of recipe suggestions, different recipes on different packages. For instance, try orange glace, a cheerful dessert to match these cheerful autumn days. It's made with shimmering orange jello and sections of fresh oranges. It's prepared in a jiffy, and it looks delightful, and it tastes swell. There are other inviting recipes on every box of jello, and you'll want to try them all. Just be sure you get genuine jello. For only Jell-O brings you that delicious, extra-rich fruit flavor. So ask your grocer for Jell-O. This is the last number of the second program of the new Jell-O series, and we'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time. Oh, Mary. Yes, yes. I went to the Paramount last night, saw your picture. This way, please. You did? How'd you like it? Oh, swell, Mary. You're awfully cute in it. I thought you were your usual charming self. Isn't that a coincidence? That's just what I thought. Yeah. Hey, Buck, can I hang up now? Oh, I forgot about Andy. Good night, folks. See your local paper for time and station. Kenny Baker has appeared on this program through the courtesy of Mervyn Leroy Productions. The tune, Yours and Mine, is from the picture Broadway Melody of 1938. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>